0: Okay. Open your Bibles if you would to Second Peter. Second Peter Chapter One. Second Peter Chapter One. Now Second Peter deals with problems within the church and Peter writes to warn believers about false teachers who are peddling damning doctrine, which is what we're seeing in the book of Galatians too, isn't it? the Christian Christian life demands on diligence and pursuing moral and excellence and and knowledge, self-control, perseverance and godliness, brotherly kindness and selfless love, which is given to us, right, is one of the fruit of the spirit, is a love that we don't normally have, which is a selfless love. Our natural love is to love ourselves. My, oh, my. In this wonderful epistle, the Apostle Peter brings forth that that all who believe have obtained like precious faith. Brother Dave, you and I have like precious faith. Brother Brian, Sister Linda, we have like precious faith. Brother Zane, like precious faith. Isn't that amazing? We all have like precious faith given to us by God the Holy Spirit in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's wonderful. We're all born again by the same Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, by his power and his might. And those who profess the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, we're told to make our election and calling sure. How do we do that? How do we do that? How do we make our election and calling sure? Well, I've told you many times that we ask ourselves, who am I trusting right now? Am I trusting 100% in Christ and Him alone in His work that He did? Is He my complete salvation? Is He my all in all? Am I born again of the Holy Spirit of God? Am I a new creature in Christ? Who's my hope, though? My, the main thing. Who's my hope? Is Christ my all? See, we can have fellowship with other believers, right, who have the same mind, The same spirit, right? We might not agree with everything doctrinally. We might not agree 100% on everything. But if they believe that salvation is by grace alone, through Christ alone, plus absolutely nothing else, well, we can have sweet fellowship, can't we? My, oh, my. People argue about end time stuff. And yet they agree on the core thing that's most important. Salvation in and through Christ alone. That's what's most important. My oh my. True believer. What does a what does a true believer trust in? The complete, finished, perfect, sinatoning work of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he who accomplished it. Right? That's what we that's what we, we believe. So with that in our minds, let's read here. From chapter 1 of 2 Peter, we'll read verses 1 to 15. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ. Look at that. He calls himself a servant before he calls himself an apostle. Doulos in the Greek. That's what we are. You and I, who are born again, blood-washed saints, are servants for Christ. First and foremost. First and foremost. We're servants for him. We've been taken from the slave block of sin. We have a new master. (coughs) It's not the world, the flesh, and the devil anymore. It's Christ. It's Christ. He's our new master. It says an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have what? Look at this word. Obtained. He's talking about here right now. We've obtained the like precious faith. Well, how? By anything we've done? No. The scripture here is very clear. Through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. We are clothed in the perfect, spotless righteousness of Christ as believers. Then it says, grace and peace. Again, grace always precedes peace. Be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and Jesus, our Lord. Brother Dave, you said, well, I needed that song. Because it speaks of God's sovereignty, right? And, and having that knowledge continuously before us gives us such a peace. Yeah, it, takes, it does. It cleanses our minds. It takes, it takes the, the, the things of the world that are swirling around us and in our minds, and it just makes them melt away. Right? We're leaning on the everlasting arms you know the scriptures say we're held up by the everlasting arms? Oh, isn't that wonderful? Can we fall if we're? I mean, can we fall from God if we're held in His everlasting arms? Never, Amen, brother Dave. Never, 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 never. And then it says this: Grace, peace, be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. and of of Jesus our Lord, according as, look at this, his divine power hath given unto us all that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. In this book is all that pertains to life and godliness. Right here. In the word of God. All the instruction a believer needs is found right here. Right here. Isn't that wonderful? It's absolutely wonderful. And notice it says, through the knowledge of Him that called us. God gives us the knowledge of Himself, doesn't He? He reveals Himself to us. You see, we see it's all according to His divine power. Otherwise, we're just groping around in the dark, beloved. Whereby we. Look at this. Look at this. Now, remember this too. Remember in Corinthians, Paul says, He's right in the Corinthians. And he says, all the promises of God are yea and amen in Christ. What a a blessing for us who are in Christ. If we're in Christ, all the the promises of God are yea and amen for us. All those Old Testament promises, grab a hold of them, beloved, in Christ. They're all ours in Christ. It tells us, right here, it tells us that. Look at this. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity, which is, we know, love. (coughs) (coughs) For if these things be in you and abound, They make that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see far off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather brethren, look at this, give diligence to make your election and calling sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fall. So we're to keep saying... Who am I trusting? Who am I trusting? Who am I trusting? Is it Christ and him alone? Praise be to God. Praise be to God. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Wherefore, I will be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Yea, I think it meet as long as I am this tabernacle, that means in his tent, in his body, to stir, up, stir you up by putting you in remembrance. Now notice that word remembrance has popped up twice there. The name of the message is remembrance. Knowing that shortly I must put off this my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So Peter, Peter realizes that time is short. Life is short. Life is short for all of us. It's like a vapor. Even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me, moreover I will endeavor that ye may be able, after my decrease, and decrease there is death, to have these things always in remembrance. Now notice what he said here. Notice in verse 10, he says, War for the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your call and election sure, for if you do these things, ye shall never fall. So we're to examine ourselves whether we be in the faith. Here's a few questions. Do you believe you are saved by Christ alone plus nothing? Nothing done by you. Nothing added by you to Christ's perfect and complete redeeming work. Do you believe you're saved by Christ's redeeming work and nothing else? That's a question for us. To make our election and calling sure, then this. Do you believe that the only righteousness that God will accept is the righteousness of Christ? If, if anyone thinks that God will accept anything that we do, which is works, which would be translated to be righteousness, they are totally wrong. God will not accept one single stitch of our righteousness because it's tainted so much with sin. But the righteousness he will accept is the perfect code of righteousness that was woven by Christ when he lived on this earth? Right? Is the substitute of sinners. And that's where we are. And he's perfect. So if he's perfect and sinless, then he's fulfilling the law for who? Well, the scripture calls them God's elect, God's people. He shall save his people from their sins. Right? Call's name Jesus. Oh my. Here's another question. Is Christ everything to you? Is he everything? Is he before husband and wife, children? Is he everything to you? Is he your all in all? Paul summed it up. He's my all in all. Doesn't mean we love our wives or our husbands any less. No. But Christ must be at the forefront. He must receive the preeminence. He must. He must. So is Christ everything to us? We're to examine ourselves and to see if this is true. The believer in Christ also believes that we were once dead in trespasses and sins, having no hope. There's Ephesians 2. We looked at that this weekend, right? Having no hope, strangers to the the commonwealth of Israel, remember? Strangers to the promises of God. We're bought nigh by the blood of Christ, Right? remember we're bought nigh by the blood of Christ that was shed for us and now the the middle wall of partition between the Jews and Gentiles is broken down by the precious blood of Christ and so in the body of Christ is both Jew and Gentile my oh my it's wonderful and the believer in Christ believes that we were dead in sins without hope and without Christ and and if if Christ doesn't save us we're going to perish and we believe what the scriptures say. We believe what God says in his holy book. That we are only to believe Christ. In Christ alone. That he is the way, the truth, and the life. That there's no hope outside of Christ. That he is God's lamb. His Passover lamb. And that his blood was shed for us for, for the remission of our sins. Him being the perfect, spotless, sinless lamb of God. And we believe that salvation is all of God. All of God. From beginning to end. We believe that faith and repentance is a gift of God. That he gives it to us. It's not something we can work for. It's not something we can muster up. It's a gift from God. Given to us. When we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. After we're born again by the Holy Spirit of God. We're given faith and repentance to believe. My, oh, my. And we also believe, we believe this, don't we? That we have been saved by the divine, life-giving power of God and God alone. Right? He saved us, hasn't he, brother? God saved us and God alone. And he rules the world, as David was saying, brother Dave was saying after. He rules everything. There's not a speck. Yeah, you know, I was watching ants say. My dog likes watching ants. He's like, oh, oh, what is that? Right? And I'm looking at that and I'm going, that ant ain't moving anywhere except for God's divine will is moving it to. My, oh, my. And it was beautiful yesterday. There was ladybugs flying everywhere. I thought they were, I, first I thought they were, um, huh? No, no, no. No, not no. I I thought they were um, those wood bugs that we get around here. Those those diamond-like wood bugs. I thought is that the Asian beetle? No, the huh? Asian beetle looks just like a um, ladybug. Oh, oh, okay. No, no. These were no. These were ladybugs cooking around, and they were. I let them crawl in my hand. They weren't biting at all or nothing. But um, there were so many of them flying around, and I thought, boy, not one of them is flying. All according to God's divine will. Right? And they don't have a care in the world, do they? Do they? Does the bird wake up in the morning and go, I wonder where I'm going to get my food. God already provided it, didn't he? They go looking for it. They find it. But it comes from God's hand. Everything we have, beloved. Every day we get up in the morning is a gift from God yeah amen new manna that's right new manna my and do we believe also we we believe as god's people and this is the one that just blows our mind away we believe that we were chosen in christ we believe i believe this i'm amazed at it still it still amazes me to this day that we were chosen in christ before the foundation of the world All according to God's will and purpose. Just because it pleased them to do so. What do you think of that, Dave? (laughs) Amen, brother. It's sweeter and sweeter. And and the more we learn about it, the sweeter it gets, right? The sweeter it gets. Oh, my, it's wonderful. And then so, now think of the remembrance aspect. He said in in the text we looked at, he said, you already know these things. But I'm going to bring them to your remembrance. This is why gospel preachers get up and all we do is preach Christ. I'm not preaching anything new to you in any messages I preach, right? Now, we may, we may look at a text and go, oh, wow, I've never seen that before. It happens to me all the time. I know it happens to you too. And that's we grow in, in the knowledge of Christ. But really, what I'm putting forth to you, you already know it by God's grace. But it gets sweeter and sweeter, like Dave said. It's, it's like, it's, Norm Wells told me, the scriptures are like a mine, a gold mine. And you get one huge chunk and you're like, oh man, right? And you go back to the mine, oh man, you get another chunk. And it just keeps, it just keeps giving jewels and rubies and diamonds. It, it's, it's, it's a mine that has, full of treasures for God's people. Yeah, and it all points to Christ, that's right. It all points to him. So Paul's bringing forth, and, and when we hear the gospel, what are we reminded of, we're reminded, Brother Brian, aren't we, we're reminded of what happened 2,000 years ago. It's already done. It's already finished. And so the gospel preacher, we stand up and we, we proclaim what's already finished. And we as God's people, because I listen to messages too, we just start rejoicing, don't we? This is wonderful. This is wonderful. But even tonight, we're looking at something we, we, we may not have seen. That we are to keep this in remembrance. Keep Christ and him crucified ever before us. Keep what he's done before us. In, in the Lord's Supper, what, what's it say right here? In the Lord's Supper, right? This do in remembrance of me. We're going to have that this weekend. Right? And we're going to partake, and then we're going to have our fellowship meal, but we're doing that in remembrance of what Christ has done. Every believer partakes of the Lord's Supper in remembrance of what Christ has done. So the gospel preacher, though, we're just bringing forth, even though you may already know this, we're bringing forth this for your remembrance. You know why I have to be reminded all the time? Do you know why we have to be reminded all the time? Miles McKee, a preacher in Ireland, told me. I met him at a conference. He goes, you know why we have to hear the gospel all the time? Because we forget so easy. We forget so easy. So we have to keep hearing it. And what he meant is we get enthralled in our daily life and something happens and we're like, oh, my goodness. We're forgetting that God's in control. We're forgetting that he's absolutely sovereign. And when we're reminded, what happens? Peace just floods our soul, doesn't it? Oh, like we read, I I love that song we did sing. We're leaning on, I'm going to just lean on the everlasting arms. I'm not going to let all this junk get a hold of me. Now, and and I'll tell you what, this is a battle we all go through. Any preacher says, oh, I don't go through that. He's lying to you. Any believer says, I don't go through that. He's lying to you too. (laughs) Right? Right? Do we all go through those things? Do we all struggle with that stuff? But oh, to be reminded. When we're reminded that God's sovereign, when, when God brings that even to remembrance, <clears throat> when we're going through that situation and you're bringing it around, rem- I'm sovereign. Oh, my. Hallelujah. What a Savior. He's in full control. And in the preaching of the gospel, the most wondrous thing is the proclamation of what Christ has done for that we are totally forgiven. Totally. We've all paid a debt off before, right? And when you pay that debt, the creditor has no claim upon you again. He cannot come to you, Dave, and say, I'm going to get that money back again. No, you already paid it. It's already paid. Paid in full. It's already done. The account's closed. As far as our sins go with God, the account's closed. You know what it's covered in? Tell me, brother. What's it covered? Uh, The blood of Christ, brother. Amen. It's covered. It's covered in the blood of Christ. It's covered. Never to be uncovered again. So God looks at our sin, brother, and he says, I don't remember it anymore. I don't even see it. I just see the blood. I just see the blood. Isn't that wonderful? Oh my goodness. It's absolutely wonderful. So gospel preaching causes us to remember what Christ has done for us. It's brought before us again for our remembrance. For our remembrance. And let us never forget the great cost of the redemption of our souls. It cost Christ his life. And he willingly did that. He willingly redeemed us. He willingly redeemed. So are we trusting in these things that are brought forth in the gospel? Are we trusting that God's absolutely sovereign? Are we trusting in the one who is God himself? Who who says, oh my, who said to Moses, I am that I am. And then he said to those Pharisees, before Abraham was, I am. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. And what did he say to that lady at the well? Oh, so precious. His words were so sweet to her. She said, We know Messiah cometh. And he goes, I that speak unto thee am he. Oh, my. He's God in the flesh, beloved. And so when he shed his blood for our sins. God's justice says paid and full for Zane Bradley. Paid and full for Wayne Boyd. Put your name in there if you're a believer. Paid and full. The account's closed. Never to be remembered again. It's like we didn't even have the debt. Lord, give us grace to live in that. Give us grace to live in that truth, right? Because it's true. Now, if we say we don't remember something, yeah, it's not really going to happen, right? You ever had that happen? Somebody tells you, oh, "I forgive you for something," and then they bring it back up on you. It, it, you can't. You got no defense. I've had it happen so many times. Well, oh, I forgive you. I, I let all that go. Yeah, we're good. We're good. And then all of a sudden it, it comes up again. And you're like, what in the world? This is, was already dealt with. Well, I guess you really didn't forgive me. Right? That can happen in marriages. That can happen in friendships. Right? That can happen in everyday life. Working at other pl- places of labor. My, oh, my. But when God says, what's it mean, brother Zane, when God says, I don't remember anymore? Amen, brother. He don't remember no more, does he? <clears throat> and he'll never remember it again. Paid and fall. What comfort, eh, brother? What comfort? Oh, my. See, this is, what, this is what's brought to remembrance in the preaching of the gospel. I'm totally forgiven in Christ. All those ordinances that were against me. All those sins that was against me. Paid for. All that long list of condemnation of my sins. Gone. It's disappeared. <laughs> and there's a stamp in red. The blood of Christ, isn't it? Paid in full sealed right up man sealed right up isn't that wonderful oh i'll tell you one this salvation is just amazing let's read verses 12 to 15 one more time wherefore i will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though ye know them see he says you already know these truths god the holy spirit's already revealed them to you And be established in the present truth. See, that's the key, right? To be established in these truths. To rest and trust in these truths. The more we learn just to rest in Christ, the less this world will have an effect upon us. It really will. Yea, I think it meet, as long as I am in this tabernacle, that's body, so Peter's saying, as long as I'm in this body, to stir you up how how do we get stirred up by putting you in remembrance i'll tell you what there's some preachers i listen to too and i get so fired up man when i hear a gospel message i get fired up period right because those men are preaching what what my heart and soul lives on now christ in christ alone and I may know the trees they're preaching on by God's grace, but I'll tell you what I always want to have. Vicki and I pray for this all the time. A teachable spirit. God, keep, me, keep giving me a teachable spirit. If someone thinks they've arrived, they're in huge trouble. I'll tell you, they're in huge trouble. Just God, and I pray that for our congregation. Lord, give us a, give us a teachable spirit. Because then every message will be a blessing to us. Because we're going to rejoice in the things that are being brought to remembrance, which is Christ and him crucified. And we're going to rejoice. We're going we're to love being in church. My, oh, my. I have blessed. I, I get to be here every, every three, all, all three services, right? <laughs> you guys too. Isn't that wonderful? It's wonderful, isn't it? Oh, my. It's amazing. So the gospel is a proclamation of the wondrous works of the Lord Jesus Christ being brought in remembrance to us. It says this, knowing that shortly I must put off this tabernacle. Shortly, we're all going to die shortly. Right? Seventy years is a millisecond to the Lord. Not even that. If one day is like a thousand years, I don't even want to count what 70 years can be like. Not even a, what? Not even a .0001 of a second. Yeah, that's right. It's nothing. It's nothing. Look at this, though. Knowing that shortly I must put off this, my tabernacle, even as our Lord Jesus Christ has showed me. So that's something that every believer learns, too is that our life is like a vapor. It's short. Moreover, look at this. I will endeavor. So he's saying, no matter when I'm in this flesh, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to endeavor that ye may be able, after my decrease, after I go home to be with the Lord, to have these things always in remembrance. Why? Because he knew, like we know now, even today, there's wars and rumors of wars, right? Right? There's two wars going on right now in this world. And there's more in other countries we probably don't even know about. But there's two that are really on the, on the forefront, right? Wars and rumor of wars, right? Don't let your heart be troubled. You see that stuff? Now, I love that you prayed for both sides, David. We ought to pray. God's got elect all scattered through this world, man. We don't know where they are. And he may use a circumstance like that to, to, have, to have one of his sheep download a message or go and hear a preacher and Lord save him on the spot. We don't know. We know that God will somehow get the message to him though. Right? My oh my. So Peter's saying, after my death, I want these things to still be on your mind. So that when troubled times do come, and remember, they're, they're battling again with false teachers coming within the church, just like Paul. So what did Paul do in Galatians? We've, we've watched this in his letter. He just set Christ forth, right? He's just set Christ forth. He don't even give a minute to those false teachers, and he just sets Christ forth. And that's what gospel preachers do for our remembrance, Right? For your remembrance, for my remembrance, for anyone any any remembrance, anyone who will listen to it for their remembrance, who's who's a born again believer. My oh my. <clears throat> we need to be constantly reminded, constantly reminded, lest we forget, we need to be constantly reminded about what Christ has done for us. Constantly. We need to be continually established in the truth. That, that, that's why I won't compromise the message here. We must be established in the truth. We must be. There's all kinds of different winds doctrines out there, isn't there? All over the place. You just, I'll tell you what, they're swirling all around this world. False teachings. By the grace of God, we'll preach Christ from here. In Christ alone. And if I decrease. We're all going to die sometime. But when at my decrease. I pray the Lord will bring another preacher in. To bring you into remembrance of these things. Right? My oh my. My oh my. So we need to be constantly reminded. And Peter. He's going to address if you read further on in this epistle, we're not going to tonight, but if you read further on in chapter 2, he's going to address the false preachers. He's going to address them. He can deal with them. But Peter brings forth that as long as he lives in the, his tent, this tent, this flesh, this robe of flesh, he is going to stir up born-again blood-washed saints by bringing to remembrance Christ and him crucified. What's the most important thing for a sinner in this world? What's the, what's the most What's the one thing needful for any sinner in this world? The Lord Jesus Christ, right? So Peter says, I'm going to keep preaching Christ. <laughs> and I'm going to keep preaching Christ? And I'm going to keep preaching Christ? Somebody came up to Henry Mayhem one time, and they said, Man, all you do is preach Christ. And he said, Thank you very much. I have a one-string fiddle, he says. And all it does is play Christ. Christ. Right, Scott Richardson said. Some some woman came up to him too, I think, and he said same thing. All you do is preach Christ, and I I, I believe it was Scott that said, "Put that on my tombstone." <laughs> he preached Christ. <laughs> isn't that wonderful? <laughs> oh my! Isn't that wonderful? Oh, that's 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 wonderful. My oh my, Christ and Him crucified. That's all that matters. Look at verse 13. And he says, Yea, I, I think it means as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. As long as he had breath, beloved, he can preach Christ. He, he's not going to waste time on anything else. He's just going to preach Christ. He's going to continually bring forth before them what Christ did for them. Look at verse 12. Wherefore, I will not be negligent, put you always in remembrance, of these things, though you know them, you already established them and be established in, this pre- in the present truth. Now, the Holy Spirit's all-knowing. And he's fully aware of who has been established in the truth and who has not been. Because it's all by his power, right? If we're established in the truth, it's by the power of God, the Holy Spirit. It's not by anything we've done. We can't even brag on what we know. Because it's all been given to us. Not that we'd want to. And that keeps us humble because we can't get puffed up even about what we know because it's all a Christ. Brother Travis, one time, he says, um, he he said to me, he goes, well, he goes, I'm a little nervous about preaching. I said, well, that's good. That's good. And I had Marcus teach for me one time. And he says, well, uh, in the Bible study we're in through video, and I said, Marcus, can you teach me? He goes, well, I, I, don't, I don't know a whole lot. And I said, well, you're right there with me then, brother. Right? That's the kind of person you want to have teaching. Right there. A man who's a humble spirit. Paul even said, who's sufficient for these things? No one. No one. I'm hoping to get Brother Dave in Sunday school one day for us. I think that would be wonderful. But you, you said yourself, I'm, I don't, I'm, but you could do well, brother. My, oh, my, by the, gra- the only way I can preach is by the grace of God, right? My, oh, my, no pressure, Dave. So, <laughs> so when we hear the gospel of our wonderful Savior, <clears throat> who lived the perfect life in our place, We're told of how he went to Calvary to die in in our place. We who are sinners, we who have no hope, and we hear of this one who is actually God in the flesh, who went to Calvary and shed his blood to save our souls. It overwhelms us, doesn't it? But see, that's what comes forth in the gospel. And that's why it, it, it... have you ever think about it it the gospel puts us down in the place we belong to be in which is dust and then it lifts us up in christ have you ever noticed that every time i hear a message i'm bought low and bought up by christ again <laughs> and i'm usually walking at that core Woo-hoo! praise god i'm uh, the lord saved my soul i'll tell you why when we had them visiting preachers here and i get to sit and listen Oh, my soul. Oh, my soul. See, I get to listen to a lot of guys on, on audio and, and, and video, but to actually be able to sit like you guys do, and you guys know there's something different than listening online and sitting in, in a pew and listening to a preacher. So I get, for, for three days, I get solid feasting. We all feast, don't we? Of the fact that I get to see a man preach to me. And it's wonderful, isn't it? It's wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And we thank God. We thank God for sending preachers to us. Now, Peter's moved. Now, remember, too, these words are by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. They're not just Peter's words. He's moved to write these words. These are words that the Holy Spirit's writing to us as well, right? See, that, that's the amazing thing. These are written to a specific, you know, group of people, right? He, he's, he's writing to, to the uh, God's elect, we know, in First Peter. If you turn over to First Peter, look what it says here in, in verse 1. Who's, who's he writing these epistles to? Well, these are called universal epistles because they're written to God's people. Look at this in verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia, elect according to the foreknowledge of God, the Father, through the sanctification of the Spirit, unto obedience and sprinkling the blood of Jesus Christ, grace be unto you and peace be multiplied. So that's who he's writing to. He's writing to the elect scattered in all these different places. And he's warning them that false teachers are going to come in. And there already had been false teachers crept in. So now he's writing them, warning them. Now, do you notice what he's doing in the first chapter already? This is what I love. Read the epistles like this because you'll you're notice something. Paul always lays down the groundwork. Christ, Christ, Christ. And then if there's any correction to be done, it's done later. Peter's laying down this groundwork. I'm bringing these things into remembrance for you. So you won't be fooled by these false teachers. So you won't fall under a spell of these false preachers, right? Oh, my. And we're told here that our wonderful Savior, when, we're, when we hear the gospel, we're told that our wonderful Savior lived and died as our substitute. And it's glorious, isn't it? It's glorious. We hear the wondrous words again. I'm going to say it again, even though I said it, that Jesus paid it all. All our sins are forgiven. They're gone. They're, God doesn't remember them. And we torment ourselves with our own sins, don't we? They're gone. I'll tell you what. You sin, and we always do. Repent. Give it to God. You know it's forgiven, but still confess it to him. Right? The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin, doesn't it? Confess it to him. Oh, my. Henry Mahan used to say, we've repented, we're repenting, and... Or he said, we're, 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 we're saved, we're being saved, and we will be saved. <laughs> He's just speaking of the whole process of we're going to be glorified one day, which he is now. He's in glory right now. My, oh, my. And so we, we need to be reminded of these wondrous works, beloved. And the preaching of the gospel also reminds us, as Brother Dave mentioned earlier, that God is absolutely sovereign. I mean, he is, he is completely sovereign. I am standing here a saved man preaching the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ all according to the grace of our great sovereign God. Otherwise, I'd still be doing all the things I was doing before the Lord saved me. You know how I know that? Because my friends are still doing them all. And i have been right there with them. I'm still friends with some of my old high school guys on Facebook. They're doing the same thing. They haven't changed. Now, Two of them the Lord saved. And they're new creatures in Christ. But of all the class that we had. My buddies are still just doing the same thing. They're still caught up in the same things they were caught up in. And y'all, I'd have been right there if it was not for the grace of God. And only God made us to differ, didn't he? From all those people we knew. All those people we rubbed shoulders with. The only one who made us to differ was God. And we're going to be forever grateful, aren't we, brother? Man, we're going to sing hallelujah together in glory. seeing in Christ, brother. Woo, my, without sin. In tune. in tune. In tune. In tune. And only because of the grace of God. Only because he's made us to differ. What a sin. My. Sister Linda, out of your whole family, God made you to differ, right? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that amazing? I don't know if your relatives, if they know. My family, I'm the only one. I'm the only one who the Lord saved. Same with you, Brother Brian, right? Yeah? Only ones. Who made us to differ from our family, right? Just the Lord. It's amazing. And here we are loving the gospel, loving the Lord, loving his people. Loving the preaching of his word. It's amazing. I'll tell you, it's amazing grace. God's grace is amazing. So Peter was writing these words. This is the Holy Spirit bringing forth that we need these things ever set before us. Peter's writing them, but he's being moved by the Holy Spirit to write these words, right? So this is good learning for us. We need the gospel ever before us. We need to be constantly reminded and, and is it a joy to be reminded of what Christ did for us? Does it not fill your heart with joy? Do we not walk out these doors going, praise be to God? God. It is. Comfort- Sister Carolyn said, I wish we could just stay here overnight and you could preach to us every single day, brother. And I said, well, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? And then we wouldn't have to go out in the, in the field of the world and get all worked up. We could just sit in here and talk about Christ all the time and fellowship. Wouldn't that be wonders, Dave, that'd be heaven on earth, wouldn't it? Well, not quite heaven on earth, but it would be amazing. We're needed out of there, right? Amen. There it is, right there. We're needed out there. We rub shoulders with Salt different people. Light. Salt and light. And there's people out there who we bump into and who we can talk to if the Lord opens the door. My, oh, my. Or you know what? Just smiling at people too. Just giving a smile to someone during the day. Saying hello to people. I'm one of those guys, I walk down the street and I say hello to everybody. And some people, you you get different reactions, right? You get some people that are like, okay, yeah. And then you get other people that are like, hello, how you doing? You know, and you start striking a conversation up with them. Man, nothing wrong with that, right? Say, I hope you have a great day. You know, you may be the only one to smile at them the whole day. You don't know. They may go home and have a miserable life. You don't know. We don't know, do we? We have no idea at all. Yeah, it's Christ in us, the hope of glory, right? We have Christ. We, what a hope we have. And we can bring that hope to a dying world, can't we? Yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. My, oh, my. So Peter, he knew that his, he knew that his departure was close at hand. He says, uh, look at what he says again in verse 13. Yea, I think it meet all as long as I am in this tabernacle to stir you up by putting you into remembrance. And he says in verse 14, knowing shortly I must put off this tabernacle. I, I'm going to die soon, he says. I'm going to die soon. Oh, my. Turn, if you would, to uh, John chapter 21. Oh, my. Peter knew his departure was close at hand. In John 21, 18 and 19, we will read of the Lord telling Peter how he was going to die. How he's going to die. Can you imagine that, being told how you were going to die? Lord's sovereign, right? We know we're all going to go out. We just don't know how. No, No, we didn't know. (laughs) We didn't have anything to do with that either, did we? No, no. Look at verses 18 and 19. Verily, verily, I say unto you, when thou wast young, thou girdest thyself and walkest whither thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee and carry thee, whither thou wouldest not. This spake he, by signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said unto him, follow me. And he followed him, didn't he? See, that follow me was an irresistible call. But Peter, one of his sheep, he couldn't resist, could he? He couldn't resist. I, I, I have to chuckle. At these people say, Well well, you know, a sinner can, can resist God. I'll tell you what, if it's one of his sheep and it's his appointed time to be saved, there ain't no one stopping that sinner from coming to Christ. That's why yeah, yeah. He went, he he certainly wasn't looking, was he? He wasn't asking for anything. Paul was, no, Paul wasn't saying, well, Lord, you didn't ask me to raise my hand and bow my head and repeat a prayer, right? He knocked him right off his horse, didn't he? Knock him right down, right? Amen. And he said, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Why kickest thou against the pricks? My, oh, my. And Saul said, Lord, who art thou, right? He was He was terrified he said, I'm Jesus, who now persecutes We're going to look at that, too, in our study in Acts. But like you said, Dave, he wasn't looking. He was going. He was so wrapped up and driven by hate. I was talking to Neil this week before he left. He said, Wayne, he said, I've been talking to my brother about those, those folks over there. He says, those folks are so, they're so ruled by hate, blinded by hate that they didn't even think of the consequences of going into Israel and what it would do to their own people. They're so blinded by, enraged by hate. And I said, well, that's all of us, isn't it, by nature? That's all of us by nature. We just, we just hate one another. We, we love those we love, but if someone hurts one of our loved ones, well, oh, man, it's over, isn't it, in our natural state? Yeah. Oh my. And every 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 child of God will always protect his family, won't he? Oh yes he will. My. So here we are. Here we are. We've got the gospel set before us. What did our Lord say to the two on the road to Emmaus? Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Did they have the New Testament then, Brother Brian? Nope. Search the scriptures. He said this here. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life. Well, you think, see, what he's saying is, you think you have eternal life because you're a Jew. Well, you think you have eternal life because you're following all the, all the, the commandments of man. You think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. They hated him. And yet the very scriptures they studied. Testified of Christ. Testified of Christ. He, there's no New Testament when he says these words. The New Testament is coming. But he's saying. you know, Here he is. He's the Messiah. And he's saying. Moses spoke of me. The prophets spoke of me. Search those scriptures. They testify of me. My, oh, my. He's saying to them. He's saying right to their faces. I'm the Messiah. And like all natural man, because we were there, right? Like all natural man. I don't have nothing to do with you. I'll not have you rule over me. Nope. Well, I'll tell you what happens. You know what happens? Because we were there. I was there. I'll not have you rule over me. You know what happens? God comes with irresistible power and might. And he says, you are mine. And my son purchased you with his precious blood and the Holy Spirit of God who comes with power and regenerates us. And we say, Lord, I'm yours. (laughs) And we willingly run to Christ, don't we? Isn't that amazing? Takes us rebels. We're just like anyone else, blinded with hate. Because the scripture says we were enemies in our minds with God. Right? Our wicked works had alienated us from God. Yeah, we fell in Adam, but it's our own sin that will lead to our death, right? Right? Spiritual death. If we're not saved. Physical death as well. We all got a time appointed, right? The wages of sin is death. Oh my. We're all going to die. But those in Christ now. Lord, take me home. Take me home. We were shaking our fist at him. We were were just like that thief that at first was railing with the other thief, wasn't he? And then he says to the other thief, and we say this now to our fellow, fellow, fellow human beings, we're guilty justly, but he's done nothing wrong. He's done nothing wrong. And then we cry out with that publican, God have mercy on me, the sinner. Will God ever turn away anyone like that? That comes to him through Christ Jesus our Lord? Nope. The Lord said that publican went home justified. And that Pharisee who said, Oh, I give this and I give that and I pray and I do all this. And that poor publican who just said, God be merciful, despised because he was collecting taxes for the Romans. That's what a publican did. Despised by his own countrymen. God, God, God the Son. God in the flesh said, That man went home justified. Brian, God looks at us, at you and I, and Sister Linda. He looks at us like we never even sinned. Isn't that amazing? Oh my. Just as if I never sinned. Don't get any better than that, does the brother's (laughs) name. Oh my. Turn, if you would, to Galatians chapter 1. My, oh, my. All of God's preachers preach Christ and him crucified. He's the the theme of our message. He's the only hope we have. We preach a crucified Savior, born of a virgin, suffering and dying for the sins of his people, risen again. And seated at the right hand of glory right now. Seated at the right hand of the Father. On his sovereign throne, brother. Hey, and What are we doing now? Leaning on the everlasting arms. I, I'm going to keep going back to that song. That was, that was wonderful. Leaning on the everlasting arms. And what's Christ doing now? He's ruling and he's reigning right now. I'll tell you, there's so much turmoil in this world nowadays. I'm telling you, if I wasn't to save man, I, I'd be pulling out what hair I have left. But I don't have to, I don't, have, I, I don't even stress about it anymore. I don't. My, my hope is that the Lord would use the messages going out here, that the Lord would use the messages going out from sermon audio of whoever's preaching God's grace, and that he'd use it to save sinners. That's my hope. That's my concern. The world's going to be the world, isn't it? Now, we hate sin. We hate what's going on. But I'll tell you where I hate sin most. I ashamed of myself. But praise God, I just got to keep bringing in the remembrance, right? See? I need it too. Just got to keep bringing in the remembrance. Wayne, all your sins are washed in the fountain of Christ. Oh, my. Washed. Are you washed in the blood? My. That dying thief rejoiced to see that fountain in his day, didn't he? In, in me, though vile as he, washed all our sins away in Christ's precious blood, right? I, I didn't get that right, but you know the theme of that. <laughs> We'd be dipped in the same fountain, Beloved. There's a fountain open, the scripture says right now, for sin and uncleanness. Come. Spirit and the bride say, Come, dip in that fountain of Christ's blood and be made whiter than snow. Wash clean in the precious, precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh my. Because he lives, we're going to live too, beloved. And we preach the same gospel over and over and over again, just come at it from different scriptures, right? And we like we we like every believer go, man, is the ink still dry in this Bible? I never saw that before. <laughs> right? <laughs> and isn't it wonderful? Oh my. It was there. It's just when we needed it, God lit it up. The Holy Spirit lit it up to bless our souls. Isn't that wonderful? I'll tell you, so God's preachers again, we preach the same gospel over and over and over again because there's only one gospel, right? There's only one gospel, my oh my, and what 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 does that one gospel do? It shuts us up. it shuts us up to Christ. You've often heard me say, my my brother actually had cattle for a while, and he had to he had to bring him into this little thing where they check them out and the and door comes and closes behind them and they can't go forward and they can't go backward. That's what happens to us, beloved. The gospel shuts us in to Christ. We can't move back. We don't want to, but we can't move back. If we move back, we just bump into the, the little fence back there. And we can't move forward to, to run off. We can't go side to side because we're already buckled in so close. There's my king. See how good the Lord is? Otherwise, we'd break out and run away, wouldn't we? But I'll tell you what. No one caught in the sovereign grip and grace of God will ever escape. (laughs) And then you never want to escape, will you? (laughs) Lord, keep me penned up. Keep me penned up. Because I'm like that little sheep. I'm just, wander over here. Keep me penned up, Lord, please. And he does. He keeps an eye on us. He carries us, like Zane and I were talking. Zane got rid of that footprints in the sand thing. He had one. He said, I threw it away, Wayne, after, after I heard that there's only one set of footprints in the, in the sand, and it ain't ours. It's God's. It's Christ's. He carries us the whole way through this life, doesn't he? He does. Oh, man, it's so true. It's so true. He, he's the one. Look at this. Look at this here. God makes this gospel effectual. Look, Galatians chapter 1. Verses one, uh, 6 to, to 10. I marvel. He's writing to the Galatians who, who the Judaizers have come in. He says, I marvel that you're so soon removed from him, that's Christ, that called you unto the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. How, how does one pervert the gospel of Christ? By adding works. Saying you have to do such and such to be saved. And I say such and such because there's all kinds of different things there. Right? Anyone who says you ha- it's Christ plus something you have to do, that's a false gospel. Just flag it, brother and sister, and just say it's a false gospel. That's it. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you, than that which we have preached unto you, let them be accursed. That's anathema in the Greek. That's, that's one of the strongest language. Who's the true author of these words? God, the Holy Spirit. He is saying, if anyone preaches another gospel, they're, they're damned. They're damned. If they continue in that and die in their sins or not, they're damned. That's how serious it is. As we have said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade man or God? So when I'm preaching the gospel, do I persuade man or God? Well, I'm to fear God over everything, right? I'm not the preacher, a the man pleaser. There's a lot of guys out there that, that claim to be preachers, and they, they're man pleasers. You guys know I'm my own man. I'll preach the gospel, what God taught me. And it's only God who's made me that way. It's only God who's made me that way. It's not, it's not, it's... That's how he made me. I, I, by the grace of God, I'll, I'll just keep preaching Christ my oh my amen brother amen he says do i seek to please man for if i yet please man i i I should not be a servant of christ so if i preach a gospel that pleases man see you take the offense of the gospel away when you say when you say it's christ plus something you have to do that pleases man but when you preach like like grace like or not just grace preachers but anyone who's truly sent by god to preach the gospel they say it's christ plus nothing And that's not a pleasing message to man, let me tell you that. It's not a pleasing message. I know, because the first time I heard it, before I was saved, I'm like, you get out of my face, dude, I don't want to hear this. And I didn't say it that nicely. But now, preach to me. Oh, tell me about Christ. Tell me about Christ. Tell me about, I just want to hear about my king. Tell me about what he's done for me. Tell me he saved my soul. Oh, hallelujah. Right? Oh, my. My, oh, my. Brother Brian, can you close us in prayer?